At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Wake up, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sham Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you all with us once again on the HHC. It is the All-Star break, but it's still a big day for the Hornets because this is the first day that tickets will be for sale for a Hornets game in roughly a year. And there are a lot of people who have worked very hard to make this day come about and make the day that fans can return into the hive a possibility and one of the most important was kind enough to join us today for the hornets hive cast it's donna julian executive vice president with the hornets and the spectrum center's general manager donna thank you so much for the time thank you so much for having me and you are right on point it is a very exciting day So the big news has come out that fans are finally going to be allowed inside Spectrum Center again. Tell us what went into the decision and why now is the right time after 369 days with no fans being allowed in Spectrum Center that after 369 days they'll finally be allowed back in. So, I mean, this has been a process, you know, as as you mentioned, the time how long we've not had fans in the building. And so we've been working on this for really almost a year, just trying to figure out what was going on? How do how do we get ourselves in a good position so when we have the opportunity to have fans, we are prepared to do that. That took a lot. I mean, that took you know obviously you know Fred Woodfield being really involved in the governor's office and the county, and I participated on some different groups and panels with the governor's office as well, just to keep ourselves in tune and to be have a seat at the table when these discussions were being happening. But at the same time, you know, as an organization, we had to really use each department as we start developing this plan. So we had 
presented a plan, Sam, as you probably know, when we went to just have the Hornets games back in the building, we had to present a plan to the county and the state as well. And that was the foundation of what we kind of presented uh, last week, which was really just taking that to the next level and giving us the opportunity to have fans in the building. But it has been a collaborative effort. One of the things, uh, obviously, for us is creating the best safe and healthy environment, not only for our staff, for the team, but for the guests that are going to come to the building. And that meant really prioritizing things that were important, cleanliness. We did a couple of third-party certifications. But yeah, it has been a long effort, but it's been a great experience, and I'm really proud of where we are today. You mentioned third-party certifications and a lot of outside forces having uh, maybe more input than would normally happen. And of course, this is not a normal time, so that certainly makes sense. The lead motivation from everything I've heard from everyone up and down the organization and outside it as well is safety. It's safety protocols say that this is what we can do to allow fans in. So tell us what some of the expectations should be for fans in terms of adhering to new practices that they were not doing a year ago when they went to a Hornets game. The first thing I want to stress is that as an organization, we've made a commitment to really communicate with our fans. And there's going to be lots of ways that people are going to get information from us on what you can expect. And that's really important because we want people to be prepared for when they come. And we feel like we've got the avenue to do that through emails and communications. And that communication is really going to be starting from the minute you think about coming to to a game, once you've committed to the game, when you come to the building with signage and, and all those types of assets that we're going to be using and throughout the game. So we want people to feel like they know what the expectation is. But let me just highlight a few of them. Obviously, as you as you come, we're going to kind of decide whether we're going to do some staggered entry to make sure people can get in in the most safe and effective way. Encourage you to kind of enter the door where your seats are going to be so we don't kind of have that long line. We don't want to have that. We want to support social distancing all the way. Obviously, masks will be required. We're excited about people knowing how important that is, not only for their health and safety, but for the fans that they're going to be with here in the building. Social distancing, you're going to see a a bunch of signage about that, encouraging people to stay that six feet apart. That's how the pods are set up in the bowl when you buy your seat. But even when you're coming into the line to the building or walking on the concourse, or when you're going to go to a concession stand or go to retail, you're going to see that six feet, which we think is really important. There's a lot of signage to acknowledge that. What we're also excited about is our cashless. We're going to be completely cashless at the fan shop or the retail locations, as well as at our food and beverage locations. So we think that's going to be new. Something we talked about prior to this, but this obviously made us kind of move this forward quickly, and we're really excited about giving that option to our fans. You'll be coming in with your mobile ticket. That's a ticketless environment, which I think will be great. So I think all of these things are going to be things that fans need to be aware of. But the ultimate result is going to be you're going to be able to come into the building in a safe way, an efficient way, and then get into your seat and watch this team play, which is what it's all about. Most definitely. And what a team it is. We've had a lot of entertainment to uh, enjoy, and we're excited to share it with everyone. Donna, you, you mentioned the entry and exit procedures. And this is something that's fascinating to me because it's so forward thinking because it's one thing to say, okay, when you're in the building, you're all going to sit, you know, separated from each other, but it doesn't really matter if there is a mad scrum of everyone in the building coming in and out at the exact same time from the exact same door. So how much coordination is required to get people safely in and out of the building? And how strict will you be with people if you say, hey, you need to be here between, say, 6 and 6.15 for a 7 o'clock game? If they show up at 6.45, is there a different protocol for them? 
What we're trying to create is opportunities to make the experience the best safe for people, right? So clearly we're going to encourage people to come in certain ways at certain times. We'd like people to adhere to that, but, but that's just to help the experience. I mean, we're not going to be mandating if you, if you don't make it, that doesn't work because we know people have different situations, but I think it's just a way of us trying to create the best safe experience for you. Even on the exits, we're going to encourage people to go down certain stairwells. We may ask people to wait a little bit so we don't get this, you know, heavy flow on the way out, but those are just things we're doing to assist with this safe environment. And we want that to be a positive, not a negative experience for our fans. You serve as the lead executive for all aspects of the day-to-day operations of Spectrum Center. So that's event booking, public safety, (laughs) arena marketing, guest services. There's a lot of people you manage, and I'm sure there's both a lot of anxiousness to get back to normal for all of your employees and probably some anxiety about doing so after a year being told to stay away from each other. What are the safety protocols in place for your employees in addition to those for the fans? That's a great question because even though some of our full-time employees we, we've been because we've had the games, obviously we were also, as you know, very fortunate to, to be an early polling site for the voting time period. And now we have our second vaccination event happening on Saturday. But the, the group that we haven't seen in a while is really that event, that part-time staff person who hasn't been here for over a year. So they'll follow the same protocols. They'll have entry times. They'll be, you know, they'll have a wellness app that they'll go through to check to make sure everything's okay. They'll be, you know, washing their hands and social distancing. So really the same protocols that we're asking of our our guests we're asking of our staff because obviously our staff is very important to us as well so it will be a new a new experience for them but it's been a long time since they've been in the building and i know they're very excited and we're excited to get them back in as well hornets fans the buzz is building for season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season call 704 hornets or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative lock in your price today donna julian our guest today on the hornets hive cast she is the executive vice president or an executive vice president with the hornets and the general manager of spectrum center donna you were an athlete in college going back to your (laughs) playing career you were a tennis player at ohio university how did being an athlete put you on the professional path that you've traveled it's interesting. I, I, I actually like to tell the story that I have a I have a sister and, and, and I think my father maybe was, was thought maybe I would end up being a boy and uh, when he got me he, he took me to every sporting event. I'm from Baltimore, I grew up in Baltimore, so we ended up going to Baltimore Colt games, the Baltimore Oilers games and that's really where my love of sports began and I have to thank my father for that. And I did end up playing tennis at Ohio University and I think I just always wanted to, to do something in sports. If you told me back then, was I going to be doing this? No, I didn't know that, but I knew I wanted to work in an arena for a professional team, and this has just been such a great experience to work for this organization and be here in this city and be part of this building. It's just been phenomenal. We'll go to Baltimore in a second, but sticking with uh, your tennis experience, you know, there's a couple of tennis players on the current Hornets team. Gordon Hayward was a very good player yeah. coming up the ranks, and Cody Zeller. I was an above-average high school player uh, in high school back in California, but nowhere near close to college quality. Do you think we can challenge those two, or what do you think? <laughs> 
No, since, since my my college days are well behind me, I have not played tennis in, in quite some time. I, I, I my husband like bought me a racket a couple of years ago, and I keep saying I get back into it, but it's been a while, and I'd have to do some do some working out to get up to speed. Unfortunately, I'm in that boat as well. But we've we've got a lot of things <laughs> to keep us occupied these days. Yes. In particular, getting ready to have fans back in the building. We've been talking about that so far. You joined the organization in February of 2005, and and 15 years later, we're here today, but the 15 years prior to that, you were a general manager of First Mariner Arena in Baltimore, your hometown. So you're one of the most experienced and accomplished people in the world in your type of position. Is there anything that could have possibly prepared you for this <laughs> pandemic? No, I mean, I, I think it, it's just been such an incredible experience. And, and you know, one of the things that it, it has brought out is this the, the, the power of, of collaboration, collaboration and working with other people. And, and not only the Hornets team members that I'm so fortunate to work with, but, but my fellow GMs around the NBA and even, even NHL, you know, we've really relied on each other in such a way because this is something that none of us had gone through to, together. You know, the NBA has been such a great resource. So, you know, I think being in the business prepares you for what you don't know that's coming, but this has definitely been something that I had never anticipated and has been an in- incredible experience. But it's been the positive thing is being able to rely on people that I've known for years and just bouncing ideas off of each other so that we can work together to get to the best place for our fans. You've managed all kinds of events inside Spectrum Center, but the most important event that has happened, maybe in the history of the building, have been some of these vaccination clinics that have taken place as we try and get back to normal. And and this upcoming date of having fans in the building certainly would not have been possible without vaccination clinics happening both in the arena and throughout Mecklenburg County and the great state of North Carolina how is it managing those types of events and getting things up to speed? It's obviously it's a pandemic. You have to be careful how you get people in and out. How did all of that come about and how did you handle it? The building, as you know, the building, it's a city owned building. And we look at the Spectrum Center as an asset, a social asset and a community asset and and doing the voting and the vaccination. It's what we should be doing. It's what we want to do. We want to be valued for that and, and give give people an opportunity to come in to a larger venue to, to have these vaccinations done in a safe and efficient manner. So we we are so proud to be able to to be with Novon in this process because we know how important it is. But that's what we're supposed to be doing, Sam. We're supposed to be doing these types of things for our community. You know how our organization is when it comes to community outreach. So this is just another example of how do we work together with our partners at Novon Health and figure out the best way to get this accomplished. And uh, we're really excited to be hosting another one on Saturday. We're getting ready for fans to come back in for the Hornets. But you've directed the management of a variety of events during your time in Charlotte. We've seen major concerts come through town, Beyonce, Paul McCartney, Rolling Stones. When do you think we'll be able to have a concert of that magnitude again? We're so hopeful. First of all, this is the first step, right? I mean, being able to get some fans in the building for the Hornets game is going to be, that's the first getting us in the right direction to get fans. You know, we're constantly in communications with touring groups and agents and we know that this is coming. We just have to find the right time for it to come. So we're hopeful whether it be, you know, late summer or fall. Is that possible? We hope so. But the thing I can tell you for sure is when it comes, we're going to have some great entertainment for the city of Charlotte and surrounding areas because I think the entertainers are going to get, get back on the road. 
and we're going to be ready to host them. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Donna Julian, Spectrum Center General Manager, our guest today here on a special edition of the Hornets Hivecast as we prepare to welcome fans back in the building for the first time in more than a year once the second half of the season gets back underway. Donna, sometimes necessity is the mother of invention. We've been forced to work Mm -hmm. from home now, and many people who were not as technologically efficient Mm -hmm. have become Zoom experts, for instance. What are some adjustments from the pandemic that you expect will remain with us full time or at least for an extended period of time as we get back to normal? Being an event person my whole career, you know, I'm just uh, I've, I've never been in a situation where I haven't been at a building for, for a period of time like this having an event. So it's been very interesting. But you know, to your point, it has given me the option of using Zoom and Microsoft Teams and, and doing things from home that I normally would not have done, working with my teammates and in a different way than we worked with together before. So I do think some of that will probably remain uh, as we move into the future because uh, there are certain things that give you the flexibility that you can do from, from your home or from another location. So I think some of those things may stay in place to a degree, and, and I think that would be a good thing. We talked about health being you know, the main driver of everything that's going on right now and everything from a is-this-safe mentality. I'm sure when you were talking to the state health officials, you know, they're, they're – not necessarily attacking the plan, but they're they're looking for the holes as they should be. They're trying to figure out, okay, what are the things that could go wrong here and let's make sure we fix them ahead of that actually happening. What are some of the questions that were brought up that maybe illuminated things that you hadn't thought of or maybe the flip side of that? When were some things that you brought up that the state health officials said, wow, we didn't think of that. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that there's examples of that because I think, you know, I think Fred had been so involved in so many of these conversations at the county level and at the state level, and, and, and I've been honored to participate in a couple of that. So this this is kind of like a dialogue the whole time, right? So I, I don't know if there was necessarily anything in our plan that they hadn't expected to see because we've been talking about it with them for such a period of time. So I don't know if anything came out that's like, oh, well, we need to add that or take that out because really – this has been a joint effort. Like, we're all in this together. Like, what do we need to do to get people back into the building? So I think it was more of just the long-term conversations that have been going on for so long that the plan was just a document to put that in place. Let's do a couple of questions that I've seen from fans on social media, whatnot, and that I would expect a lot of people might have going into trying to attend a Hornets game. So potential questions. How many people can be in my group of seats? The pods are basically set up two and four is the majority of them. We There are some ones to threes, but the majority are two to four. Do I have to get tested or be vaccinated before going to a game? No, not at all. Not at this time at all. And we were going to encourage people to do a health and wellness questionnaire just because we want to make sure if people are not feeling well, we'd love to have you, but have you on another day. So there'll be that. But no, there will be no uh, temperature checking or testing at this time. How early do I need to get to a game if it's starting at 7? How early do I need to plan to arrive to make it through all of the additional protocols? Right now, we're anticipating our normal kind of hour doors, so uh, just an hour time. But like I said, we may encourage some people to come at 6 and maybe have some come a little bit later, but no more than an hour at this time. 
can I still buy things? Can I get a hot dog at concessions, for yes. instance? Yes, you can. And we're excited about that. As I, That's all going to be cashless, but Levy is, is, is going to be having packaged things. So very safe, you know, uh, the condiments will all be packaged. But yeah, you'll be able to get some food and you'll be able to go and get some retail items as well. And we encourage that. So I can get my LaMelo Ball minted edition jersey that's brand new. Yes, yes, you can. What do you see as the timeline to having the entire Spectrum Center full? And mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, are there, there benchmarks like we're going to see how this goes for two weeks and then maybe it's yeah. 30% capacity? Or do you think at some, some point after X percentage of the population has been vaccinated or the caseload is down to a certain lower percentage that it'll just be, okay, gates are open now? The governor's mandate right now is takes us through the 26th of March. So I think this piece is going to be really important. I think we're hopeful that maybe after that period, we can see some more movement and get a few more ability to get more people in the building. But I think we're going to really rely on the governor's office and the county to kind of guide us and work with them on getting to that point. But we do anticipate or we're hopeful that maybe we can get some more people in as we get towards the end of the season. One more important question that we see from a lot of fans, do I have to wear a mask and what are the enforcement mechanisms? Because I've heard a, a couple of things floated around. What are what are yeah. the policies and procedures for people who are maybe a little forgetful? I don't know how anyone could be at this stage after a year of this, but about their mask. The mask is really important. As you know, that's something that the county and the governor's office are encouraging us to do. And and we really, that's going to be an important piece of this experience. And it's not only for for the guests that are coming, but for the guests around them, for our staff. So that is going to be something that's going to be important to us. And we're going to communicate that so people know that. And yes, we we are hopeful that we will not have to take it to another level, but we are going to have to enforce that. And, and we're going to give some people some opportunities to comply with that. But we're hopeful that they will do that. And we won't have to take it any further. But that will be an important enforcement that we're going to have to make sure occurs. And finally, Donna, in case I haven't covered all of the questions here or fans have some additional ones or need more explanation, where can they go to make sure they have all the information needed prior to coming to a game? We have a website Hornets Welcome Back fan site that people can go to and get all the information that you and I discussed today and probably some additional information as well. That'll be updated uh, all the time. So it's a great place to see what you can expect as you're coming to the building and then also an opportunity to ask any questions that you may have. Donna Julian, Spectrum Center General Manager and an Executive Vice President with the Charlotte Hornets. Thank you so much for your time, for all of your hard work in keeping uh, us, our teammates within the Hornets uh, community and all of our fans safe as we get ready to get back to normal. We're looking forward to it. Yep, Yep, and so are we. And we're excited to have people have the option of coming back and seeing this exciting team in person. Thank you again, Donna. And our thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Make sure to keep clicking on Hornets.com to get all of the latest information on how to get your tickets and to come join us during the second half of the season. We very much look forward to it. Till next time, for everyone here on the Hornets Hivecast, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. And in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.